You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. By now in New York City, there's snow on the ground. And out in California, the sun shines falling down. Maybe down in Memphis, Graceland's all in lies, and in Atlanta, Georgia, there's peace on earth tonight. Christmas in Dixie, snowing in the pine. Well, that is most certainly our wish to you, ladies and gentlemen, here now, just barely a week before Christmas, the Saturday evening, December the 16th. It's a, a very special night, a very special time here on TPC, and uh, it continues this evening as we are full throttle into the Christmas season. Just three more shows left in our 20. 20- 23 broadcasting calendar and uh, we're going to begin to shift our gaze into a forecasting of 2024 but we're not going to push it just yet real quick before we bring keith alexander on he's actually on the phone tonight we're kind of a topsy-turvy evening at tpc keith is driving to a dinner meeting right now while my wife is actually in the studio uh today december 16th is her birthday so i want to tell you happy birthday and let everyone know that you're going to be hearing a little bit more from her later on in the program but she's got our youngest daughter here in tow happy birthday Ah, thanks now you've sacrificed every saturday for the last 20 years so i figured why should your birthday be any different tonight right that's right <laughs> gotta do it big well she is with us tonight because uh, we're going to be going out after this and celebrating together as a family but uh, anyway so i wanted to make mention of that very special occasion as well so it's been a lot of birthdays together that's sweet i enjoy being here all right well you're going to hear a little bit more from her and a few of the other ladies later this evening also pastor chuck baldwin will be on uh and it'll be his first appearance with us in 16 years if you can uh believe that Uh, but he'll be back uh, to talk uh, about the current situation in israel Uh, And uh, the state of Christianity in America, Uh, Dr. Baldwin, former Constitution Party presidential nominee back in 2008. It's going to be a fun conversation with him. Fun show start to finish tonight. Keith, how are you tonight, my friend? Doing great. Doing great. Well, you and I had seen an article in the newspapers. Well, really, it was on all of the local uh, TV affiliates. Uh, It was in the local newspaper. It actually ended up making some national news. Headline reads, uh, the after-school Satan Club is coming to Tennessee. Now, I saw the the uh, graphic that uh, this club used to make its announcement. It's got all of these sharpened colored pencils. And it reads, hey, kids, let's have fun at the after-school Satan Club. Uh, 
and it's got uh, sort of a cartoon of uh, you know a quintessential devil with the horns and he's smiling and he's you know red and got a beard and all of that. Uh, so that's interesting. Uh, the story reads here, this is uh, from one of the TV affiliates, and then we'll read what the newspaper had to say. The Satanic Temple announced that the after-school Satan Club is coming to Chimney Rock Elementary School in Cordova, a school that is part of the Memphis Shelby County School District. The Satanic Temple is a non-theistic religion that views Satan as a literary figure who represents a metaphorical construct of rejecting tyranny and championing the human mind and spirit. All after-school Satan clubs are based on activities centered around the seven fundamental tenets and emphasize a scientific, rationalist, non-superstitious worldview. A post by the Satanic Temple announcing the club's arrival at Chimney Rock Elementary read. So first of all, Keith, I got a lot. Listen, we're going to have a singular focus this hour on this story because there's several different rabbit trails that we're going to tie together to make a, an overall big picture point. But the first thing I noticed, Keith, is that I'm reading this, I'm, I'm reading and watching all of this coverage, and I see all of these church-going suburban whites who always wilt and melt at the first at the sound of the first shot fire. They're trying to be brave on their Facebook pages, okay? They're up in arms. I mean, they're brave. They're taking the last full measure for them of complaining about this on social media. And I laugh. I mean, is this ridiculous? Of course. Should it be banned? Absolutely. But I see this in more dimensions than they can. And first of all, I see it as a farce. I mean, this group doesn't even believe in Satan. They even say he's a literary figure. So why not just call yourself the Secular Humanist Club? I mean, it, it is just a troll I mean, they incorporated, of all places, the Satanic Temple incorporated in Salem, Massachusetts. I mean, you know, it's all just a gimmick. But anyway, there's a lot of ways we're going to approach this story, and I think in some of the ways you'll find interesting. But first, you see this, Keith, you're reading this, and so what was your take? Well, chickens coming home to roost, actually. You know, back in the days when uh, Madeline Murray O'Hare was, uh, you know, uh, moving for atheism to be uh, legitimized and uh, considered uh, to be protected by the First Amendment. This type of argument would be, uh, and and her, she was trying to shut down, for example, Christian clubs that were meeting either during uh, school hours or after school hours. Well, these, you know, that that's what they did. They uh, were always, you know, saying, well, you know, if there was a satanic club, they, they would have the same rights. And that's what people defending the First Amendment and opposed to Satanism were saying back then. Now, you see the chickens have come home to roost. You can see now that the First Amendment doesn't apply to anything that the left doesn't want it to and everything that they do want it to, uh, uh, you know, apply to and that this is uh you know uh they're probably going to get their way in the courts at least if the courts follow precedent but it shows you just how far things have come from back in the housing days of the 50s and early 60s in america yeah i mean that's right and i'm going to get to some of these course court precedents that they've of course already won that's how they're as far uh, along down the track as they are already but again they are using a classic devil as their uh, mascot, a cartoon devil. They call themselves the Satan Club. But then they say that Satan's just a literary figure. So, again, why not just call yourself the Secular Humanist Club? That, that's one thing. And then it goes on, this 
heavy. I mean, this was probably the biggest news story, certainly in town. And, and, and I said, again, it, it did make some national news as well. And this is a Memphis story. Uh, but one of the local affiliates uh, in their coverage put forth that the Satanic Temple said that, quote, the after-school Satan Club will include science projects, community service projects, puzzles and games, nature activities, arts, crafts, and snacks. I mean, what? Why not just call yourself the, the kid's happy hour? I mean, are you just using Satan for his name recognition? I mean, what are you doing? What is this? And imagine if kids actually do go to this. They're going to get bullied and mocked. I mean, and understandably so. So what's the point of all this? What's the point? And why are we covering it? What's the point of us covering it? It's an easy and lazy thing to say, oh, yeah, we should ban the Satan Club. Why are we covering it? Well, we haven't even begun to scratch that itch yet. We'll let you know. Stay tuned. As you are aware, America is divided over every fault line possible. This is intentionally fostered by those who do not love God, family, or country. We believe a peaceful future as a free people absolutely depends on civility. Clarion Call for Civility is looking for funding and volunteers at every level to make our hopes and efforts a reality. Please donate, sign our pledge, and help us in our sacred cause. Please visit callforcivility.com for more details. Callforcivility.com. Hello, TPC family. It's James, and I've got to tell you that I sleep better at night knowing that there are organizations like the Conservative Citizens Foundation. The purpose of the Conservative Citizens Foundation is to promote the principles of limited government, individual liberty, equality before the law, property rights, law and order, judicial restraint, and states' rights, while at the same time exploring the dangers posed by liberalism to our national interests and cultural institutions. The Conservative Citizens Foundation also seeks to educate the public on the dangers of extremist ideologies like critical race theory and cultural Marxism. I've worked with the good people at the Conservative Citizens Foundation for many years and their work comes with my complete endorsement. For more information and to keep up with all the latest conservative news headlines, please check out their website, americafirst.com. That's M-E-R-I-C-A-1-S-T dot com, americafirst.com. My name is Christian Knuckles. I prophesy there will be no revival until the church leadership stops lying to the people. I'm the first soldier of the spiritual body of Christ, the Lion of Judah, the Confederate Church of Christ. I'm here to declare the lion will lie down with the lamb when the lying stops. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries and brought to you by confederatechurchofchrist.com. It's windy in Chicago The kids are out of school There's magic in Motown The city's on the move In Jackson, Mississippi To Charlotte, Carolina It's a peaceful Christmas time Christmas in Dixie A peaceful love for now, at least next year 
God only knows. But right now, in all of those cities that are mentioned in that song, we have listeners and donors there, and we are thankful for TPC Nation here at Christmas time. And just in time for Christmas, if you live in Memphis, you're a local listener. You can get your kids in the satanic after-school activities that are coming to Chimney Rock Elementary School. Uh, we are talking about this not in the way that the average churchgoer would be talking about it. They are feigning their outrage, or who knows, maybe they really are uh, outraged by this, but uh, it's good to know that they can get outraged about something. They've uh, basically given away their entire birthright and, and heritage, but uh, uh, they can still post about some things from time to time. But, uh, yeah, so it was saying, Keith, I was saying in the last segment before the break uh, that uh, the Satan Club's going to focus on puzzles and games and uh, arts and crafts, and they're going to have some snacks. So, uh, you know, I, I, get, I don't know what these people are really doing, whoever's behind this. If kids go to this, they're going to get mocked and bullied for being uh, outside of societal norms. So I, I, I really don't know what the point is of the Satan Club, but um, or whoever they are. And uh, they have made a, a stink in Iowa, too. They've won some court cases recently, apparently, so they're now moving into these schools. And at the Iowa Capitol building, they put up a, a pagan display, a satanic uh, display. And, you know, this is presented by the, you know, Satan, uh, Church of Satan or whatever. But uh, here was the response. Let's see. No, this is not the response. I'll read the response in just a second from the uh, Shelby County School System. This is from the local paper, and it reads, Chimney Rock Elementary, part of the Memphis Shelby County School System, has multiple after-school clubs and extracurricular activities for its students. Listed on its website are strings, beta club, Girl Scouts, and piano lessons. Uh, but early next year, an entirely different kind of club meeting is slated to be held at the Cordova-based elementary school on January 10th. Students will have the opportunity to attend the after-school Satan Club. And uh, it is sponsored by the Satanic Temple of Salem, Massachusetts, of course, a nonprofit that has rented out uh, the Chimney Rock Library for the meeting. The website also asserts that the Satanic Temple is the primary religious satanic organization in the world. You know, they're religious, but they don't really believe in anything. But that, <laughs> uh, whatever. Uh, and its mission is to uh, reject tyranny, authority, oppose injustice, and undertake noble pursuits. Now, now we're getting somewhere, I think. Now we're beginning to see the picture crystallize a little bit. I think, if you had to guess, this is ultimately, Keith, going to be just another anti-white so-called social justice club for the kids and in this case linking that with satanism is quite appropriate yeah exactly and it's going to be interesting to see what people like russell moore do about this you know if this doesn't stir them up uh and get them on the right side at least temporarily then we know they are totally sold out to the devil which is what i suspect anyway well, but, uh, I was actually, I, I'm going to get into that in just a moment. I know that you're about to step into a, a meeting, but I'm going to uh, bring some of that up. You know, where are the Steve Gaines and the Russell Moores and the David Frenches and all of these so-called and self-appointed, in many cases, evangelical leaders, uh, certainly media spokesmen, the media gives them the platform. I, they, they are quick to denounce the Confederate flag or Christians who vote for Trump. I, I haven't seen a word about this from them yet, and it's not that they haven't heard about it. Bellevue Baptist the, the Church is about... Is you could walk to Chimney Rock School from Bellevue. It's right across the street. But but here, listen to this. This is the uh, another point I want to make. Be sure to make with you before I transition into that is that this is uh, the official response from the Memphis Shelby County School System. Uh, 
and it reads, as a public school district, we're committed to upholding the principles of the First Amendment, which guarantees equal access to all organizations seeking to use our facilities after school hours, the statement said. Now, Keith, I'm calling BS on that one. I'm calling BS on that one because you're telling me a pro-white group wants to use the Chimney Rock Elementary School library to have um, a meeting, particularly in elementary school. I mean, <laughs> Youth for Western Civilization got ran out of college campuses, and they, and they always find a way to circumvent the First Amendment when it's not convenient. Well, yeah, technically they have a right, but you know, we couldn't find a professor who would sponsor their club. You know, that, that's really one of our rules. You see, we've got to have a professor that's going to sign off as to be their sponsor. But, you know, if it's one of their groups or an ideology that they support, they just conveniently fall back on the Constitution. Well, the First Amendment says we've got to grant equal access to everybody. Uh, so your take on that very quickly, Keith. Well, uh, I like it. I like what is happening now because if this doesn't wake up the so-called normies, nothing will. And if they don't see what the public schools and public education generally in America have sunk to, uh, this should be a wake-up call. On the other hand, uh, I'm really just kind of curious. I'm waiting to see how these people are going to respond to this, how you know people like David French and Steve Gaines and uh, Russell Moore are going to reply to it. Because, you know, I suspect that, you know, they are – you know, they've exchanged the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John for the Gospels of Peter, Paul, and Mary. They're just into uh, kind of uh, early 60s style civil rights movement of ideas that they try to extrapolate and build a bridge onto uh, things like homosexual rights and whatnot now. But uh, this is, uh, you know, th this is exactly what we need to help tell our tale to people and tell them that, look, Public education has gone to hell in a handbasket in America, and this is what it's come down to now. And, you know, we've been telling you this ever since Brown versus Board of Education, but now here's more proof. And I'm going to see if all these stout-hearted Southern Baptists actually, you know, take steps to uh, – fight this or if it's one of these things that when all is said and done more be said than done well i mean you know this whole farcical satan club is is not even really a threat i mean yeah i, I would say ban it but it, what the southern baptists actually and most head tables at any given denomination the real things that they support are far more dangerous than this sort of made up uh, i think this is just a big troll job you know frankly but i mean again why call yourself the satan club out of salem massachusetts if your whole thing is about giving kids puzzles and and snacks i, I love this well, they response say, they too. think that things have devolved to such a point james that now there's nothing that's off the table nothing well that's true too yeah, I'm, I, I shouldn't and, minimize. I shouldn't minimize this. I guess maybe I am uh, minimizing it uh, to to a greater extent that, than it deserves. I mean, it should be opposed. It should be routed out. But I mean, I'm not sitting here. I, I'll get to this in just a second. But I want to to read just one more sentence from this uh, official response from the Shelby County School System. Uh, the First Amendment states that we canon c a n n o n we canon approve or deny a request based. This was what was printed in the paper. Uh, based solely on the organization's viewpoints or beliefs. I think what they meant to write was they cannot uh, approve or deny a request based on the organization's viewpoints or beliefs, but I guess canon is as close as you're going to get to cannot with the Memphis uh, school <laughs> <Just> <laughs> administrator. how literate they are. Well, exactly. That's the point. But 
some of the moms on the on social media who who again were upset enough to make a negative comment on Facebook in response to these stories were were doing some digging online. And according to their research, they said that the Satanists were able to do this because they won this court case here and that court case there, citing that pesky First Amendment. But as we know, Keith, the First Amendment offers selected protections. That's not a blanket deal. Sure, it, it can help give a win in court to Black Lives Matter or Antifa or the Satan Kids Club. But what if you want to exercise your freedoms of speech, association, and assembly to voice your opposition to the removal of a historical monument and say, I don't know, Charlottesville, Virginia? First Amendment going to protect you there? I don't think so. So I think ultimately the takeaway here, the, the, one of the first takeaways from this story is that as we have demonstrated time and time again, the only thing that matters in the courts is whose side you're on. And the Satan Club is going to get a pass. Well, you know, also anti-Semitism, anything that is contrary to the interests of uh, Jews generally and the Israeli state in particular, like what's going on over in Gaza right now, that's going to be punishable. Uh, just, you know, the First Amendment be damned. It's really interesting. First Amendment is really being brought into focus now, and this is just another aspect of it, I guess. And it's uh, i got to say uh, this. I think you'll appreciate I, this. I want to sit I don't back think... and watch Fur Fly. <laughs> this is what Sam Dixon said in response to all of this uh, in an email a few weeks ago, but I saved it. I saved some of his gems uh, for just such an occasion as this uh, when the topic comes up and I can pull one and put it into play. He writes, and I think you'll agree with this, Keith, that the liberals knew. Oh, well, I'll, I'll tell you when we come back. If Keith, uh, I know you're waiting and you have a dinner guest waiting. If you if you have five minutes on the flip side, I'd like to read this and get your response and then you can go eat. Does that work? Sounds good. Let's try it. Okay. All right. Set tight. We'll be right back. Exposing corruption. Informing citizens. Pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Corey Myers saying let's not miss this opportunity. The entire country is watching. Republican Governor Chris Sununu of New Hampshire took sides in the GOP presidential nomination race as he endorsed former ambassador to the United Nations and former South Carolina governor Nikki Haley. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis was asked in a CNN town hall meeting last night in Iowa how he felt about a satanic Christmas display in the Iowa State Capitol building. And he just couldn't help but blame former President Donald Trump for it. Is that even a religion? And lo and behold, the Trump administration gave them approval to be under the IRS as a religion. Lawmakers who opposed the display have acknowledged that it is protected by the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. Police are leaving a major city that was actually known as the nation's murder capital. The St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department has faced a lot of departures that it's struggling to replace. The department is budgeted for over 1,200 officers, but has over 300 vacancies right now. 
Tesla recalling more than 2 million vehicles across its model lineup to fix a defective system that's supposed to ensure drivers are paying attention when they use autopilot. That recall comes after a two-year investigation by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration into a series of crashes that happened while the autopilot partially automated driving system was in use. That recall covering nearly all of the vehicles Tesla sold in the U.S. and includes those produced between October 5th of 2012 and December 7th of this year. This is USA News. This is a special alert to all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to a decline in the economy, CarShield is announcing a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that is now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on future auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-233-9639 now. Drivers who are covered will not have to pay for covered repairs again. This protection plan is at an all-time low. Additionally, drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Call us for your free quick quote today. 800-233-9639. That's 800-233-9639. What do you have to lose? Call 800-233-9639. Again, 800-233-9639. You better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list and checking it twice, gonna find out who's naughty and nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. What do you think, Keith? You gonna get all good things uh, this Christmas? You gonna get a lump of coal? <laughs> I'm hoping for uh, the first and uh, uh, stealing myself for the second. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, our good friend uh, Keith Alexander is at his dinner meeting as we speak and keeping his company waiting uh, for just a couple of more minutes as I wanted to share this observation that Sam made as it ties into what we've been talking about the first half hour. And then I'm going to make some other observations. Then we're going to move on with a fun and festive second hour, third hour uh, Chuck Baldwin, back for the first time in 16 years on TPC, former presidential nominee of the Constitution Party, uh, a minister for 48 years, uh, formerly of a Baptist church in the Deep South in Pensacola, Florida, now uh, still the active pastor of a fellowship in Montana. And uh, he's just a, a great guy. I mean, if Christianity had more people like him, it wouldn't be in the state of affairs that it is in. And we're going to ask him what the state of the faith is on this continent now, right before Christmas 2023. Yeah, ask him about uh, this particular incident, too. uh, Sure, sure. We'll talk about that. He wants to talk about Israel and erasing Palestine. Uh, He he takes a lot of the right stands on the South, on Israel, on the liberty of very rare for a Baptist minister. Mention to him what I told you about Mark Levin, about uh, him saying that Netanyahu is just like Abraham Lincoln. I'll mention that. that I, last, he said that last Tuesday, uh, and I couldn't believe it. But I said, "Boy, I wish I was recording this right now." <laughs> well, Chuck, Chuck is old enough; he'd probably like your uh, "Gospels of Peter, Paul, and Mary" line that you you use so often. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> he'd probably but like tell that. Tell him about one. that too, and, and attribute <laughs> it to me. <laughs> okay. All right. So one last thing with regards to uh, again, we were 
talking about the double standard. Well, the First Amendment says you know equal uh, accommodations for everyone, but of course it's never really that way. What it comes down to is whose side you're on. If they can lazily uh, give a victory yeah, to apparently the First Amendment doesn't protect any of the people that are um, uh, making uh, Jewish students at Harvard, Yale, and MIT feel discomfort. <laughs> well, exactly. So anyway, this is what Sam Dixon said. I was going to get to this right before the last break. Uh, and tell me if you agree with this. Uh, he writes, the liberals we knew when we were young were liars. Thoughtful kids capable of critical thinking saw through them. But at least back then they postured in order to impress and win over youngsters that they were, A, opposed to the military-industrial complex, B, in favor of peace, C, opposed to guilt by association, D, were thoughtful men of ideas who were open to thinking and discussion, and E, against censorship. And finally, F, in favor of the rights of the accused, and so on and so forth. Now that they have shed these pretenses, they have come out into the open as what they always were at heart. Their positions today are 180 degrees opposed to everything that they said they stood for when I was in high school and college. This is Sam Dixon writing. But the only change is that they are now out in the open. My liberal teachers and professors never believed in any of what they claim to represent, Keith. Yeah, it reminds me of the famous Vilfredo Pareto, uh, Italian socialist from the 19th century, said, he said, when I am weak, I ask you for equality, justice, and fair play because those are your principles. He said, when I am uh, strong, I deny those principles to you because that is my principle. See, that's he's absolutely right. These people were nothing but a bunch of charlatans. They were totalitarians in uh, hiding, waiting to get the strength that they needed in order to renounce everything that they used as an excuse for their positions back in the 50s and 60s. And we see that it, just like uh, uh, Sam has, you know, chronicled there, that's exactly what they've done. They have turned their back. They don't give two hoots in hell about principles like fair play or freedom of speech and whatnot. They will deny that to you in a New York minute, and that's what they're doing. And not only they, but, I mean, it is so easy to just drift along with the tide. Those who best understand the strength of the tide are the ones with the courage to swim against it, and that's us. But for everybody else, whether it be people in government, in the media, even in the churches, which we're about to get back to, a lot easier to be a craven coward than it is to be a sturdy man of principle. Keith, I know you got to go. I know you've stayed with us longer than you had time to. Give our best to your uh, dinner companion tonight. We'll talk to you again next week. The show goes on for everybody else. Love you, Keith. Talk to you soon. Take care, and Merry Christmas, everybody. Well, you'll talk to him again before then, but we can't say that enough. Thank you, buddy. Uh, right. So, again, what we were talking about with Keith, another thing, this blanket coverage of this Satan uh, club coming into one of the local elementary schools here in Memphis, uh, has made national news. Uh, where are the clergymen? Uh, so where's where Steve Gaines? Now, that, that name isn't going to mean anything to anybody outside of Memphis, but Steve Gaines is the former president of the Southern Baptist Convention. He is the pastor of a mega church, Bellevue Baptist Church, here in Memphis. And its proximity, the proximity of this mega church to Chimney Rock, it's literally across the street. You could walk to it in, I don't know, uh, 10 minutes. And uh, he was, as timing and fate would have it, the president of uh, the Southern Baptist Convention during the alt-right years. So those years between, let's just say, what, 2015 to 2017, you know, were the alt-right years, when the alt-right was, uh, the, you know, the media had puffed that up, uh, that, that had played itself out by about 2018. 
Uh, but in 2016, during the first Trump run through 17, you know, that was the, the uh, halcyon days for the alt-right. And in 2017, at the annual meeting of the Southern Baptist Convention, the, the meeting of all of their member churches, they passed a resolution against white supremacy. And uh, it, it, in, it in part read that the Southern Baptist Convention decries, quote, alt-right white supremacy as antithetical to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that we denounce and repudiate white supremacy as a scheme of the devil intended to bring suffering and division to our society. Uh, basically, the resolution just states that human beings are equal in every way, in spite of all of the evidence to the contrary. But they only have a problem with white racism, or whatever they consider that to be. And what they consider that to be is any white person who's not ashamed of themselves. That, yeah, that's what that is. They don't have a problem with black racism they don't have a problem at the very same convention that they passed this resolution there were breakout sessions for every racial minority in the southern baptist convention the black southern baptist the taiwanese southern baptist the malaysian southern baptist they all had their own little breakout groups where they could get together and be with their own kind and you know what i say to that that's natural and healthy but that's not <laughs> that's not a problem it's only a problem when whites do it now, now, this resolution was, of course, very vague and broad. What exactly did the SBC mean by racism and white supremacy? Uh, what do they think is hatred? Do they think it's a hatred to have a preferential, uh, a preference for uh, one's own people? If they do, then uh, then why do they allow all of the other groups uh, that are non-white to, to meet and to share their uh, sense of togetherness and, and, and cohesion? Do they think it's, it's supremacy to prefer to be among your own kind? And, and more importantly, even if any examples of unjust hatred can be found, does it follow that anyone who, can be, uh, who could have been at the time classified as alt-right is himself guilty of such hatred? Uh, of course, this SBC resolution that was presided over by Steve Gaines, who is the pastor of a Southern Baptist megachurch within a stone's throw of Chinry Rock Elementary, where the Satan Club is moving in, he didn't have anything to say. I've looked at his social media, nothing on there. You know, maybe he'll post something after this show, I don't know. Uh, but the resolution, of course, it, it was not intended to be faithful to Scripture or, or to clearly articulate the issue only. It only was passed to virtue signal and express platitudes. That's the only reason they passed it. There was no understanding of what even the alt-right was. You're telling me the average Southern Baptist churchgoer has a firm understanding of what the alt-right was in 2017? I mean, if they knew anything about it, they knew hysterical press releases from the SPLC or the ADL and based their opinions on these on the word of these very anti-Christ organizations. But I remember this convention. I mean, I remember it well because this was the same year that my, my church was disfellowshipped because my pastor wouldn't expel me as a member. They, they are so brave when they are doing the bidding of the, of the antichrists. So I paid attention to this meeting. They had to, they broke their own parliamentary rules of procedure. They voted three different times. They couldn't get a quorum, and they just kept voting over and over and over the vote failed the first three times. The vote failed on this alt-right, you know, denouncing white supremacy and only white supremacy. Every other kind of supremacy is fine. Uh, every other kind of racism is fine. Whatever you want to call racism, you know what I'm talking about. It failed two or three times. Clearly states in their bylaws, after an issue is dealt with, you can't keep re-voting on it. You know, that kind of makes sense. You can't just keep voting, 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 voting until people get tired and just leave. And then you finally get the votes you need. But they did. And uh, that was one thing. This was the same year as I mentioned that my church was purged. 
big time witch hunt for racists by the so-called leaders of the Southern Baptist Convention in 2017. And it was really far more ridiculous than the Salem trials. I mean, you know, what was the difference in Salem back then? We were talking about Salem coincidentally just a couple of weeks ago on the show. If you admitted you were a witch and issued a false confession, you got to you got to stick around. But if you held fast to the truth, they killed you. And frankly, nothing has changed. Uh, I'm going to say a little bit more about that when we come back. And I'm going to tie this whole thing in together, this whole tapestry that we have been uh, painting for you or sewing for you or putting together for you this hour. I'm going to stitch it with needle and thread to the very conclusion. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil, spiritual power to the beast. And that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present day church. Rather, it is for the end time church, the body of the line of Judah. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Antelope Hill Publishing is America's leading publisher of dissident books, bringing you a wide variety of new translations and original works on every subject from the Spanish Civil War to the funding behind the transgender movement. Antelope Hill publishes books that mainstream publishers won't touch, full of information that challenges the political status quo and brings real culture to the reading public at an affordable price. If you count yourself as a political dissident, then you owe it to yourself to check out the Antelope Hill catalog with exclusive offerings like Rebel Mountain by Kurt Eggers, a brand new reprint of the infamous You Gentiles by Marie Samuel, and now the treatise of a January 6th prisoner in the American regime. There is something there for everyone, and new titles are added every month. Check out the complete catalog today at antelopehillpublishing.com. That's antelopehillpublishing.com. I'm James Edwards, and I want you to check out antelopehillpublishing.com. The news had come out in the First World War. The bloody Red Baron was flying once more. The Allied command ignored all of his men and called on Snoopy to do it again. It was the night before Christmas, 40 below, when Snoopy went up in search of his foe. Well, folks, uh, with that, you know it's time for me to remind you uh, once again that our Christmas fundraising drive is underway. You're going to get this book that details the first-person stories compiled by Harry Cooper of Luftwaffe pilots, British pilots, American pilots in the Second World War, bringing former enemies together as friends. This book does do, and you have the opportunity to get a signed photo from one of these 
veterans of the war in the skies above Europe, and it's just a wonderful thing. Your support, of course, won't only help us stay on the air, although that is its primary function. It also goes to support our newspaper column, I, the Royal R and we, I use R and we, I don't like to use I and me, uh, but the American Free Press column, my speaking and uh, media appearances, interviews and special events, and we're going to have a very special one coming up uh, in 2024, TPC's 20th anniversary. So help us and uh, your help helps all of that occur. So I heard that uh, people just now got their letter in the mail, which was sent with a first class. We don't send it bulk mail. We send it first class. People were just getting them, what, two weeks after we mailed them out. But that's uh, the good old USPS for you. But it's the only way we can communicate with you. We've been banned by every social media platform and credit card processing company. So we got to do it the old-fashioned way. But that's been working well enough now for many years. And uh, we hope that you will continue to show your support, folks. We've got some great gifts, as we just mentioned. They'll be coming your way as quick as we can get them out. Now, back to what we've been talking about this hour. Using the story of the Satan Club setting up shop at a local elementary school in Memphis, and uh, first of all, talking about the hypocrisy of First Amendment protections, the hypocrisy of the left with regards to these issues, and the cowardice of, frankly, the Christian church uh, in, a, in a lot of ways. Well, we were talking in the last segment about how, and we're using the Southern Baptist Convention as an example here, because in 2017, the president of the Southern Baptist Convention, the current, uh, the, the then and still current pastor of a Southern Baptist megachurch in Memphis, just a few feet away, really, from uh, the Chimney Rock Elementary School, he you know, was passing these resolutions these embarrassing resolutions were basically stating that only whites can be guilty of racism and so on and so forth and, and you know, at the same time at the same time while this was going on do you know what was simultaneously happening in the southern baptist convention uh, from black pastors that are, 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 are pastors of churches in the southern baptist convention the, the leadership of the sbc was excluding churches and members who are unapologetically pro-white while also including churches and members who are unapologetically pro-black. I guess that won't come as a surprise to you, but Dwight McKissick, who was the uh, bloated black pastor of a Southern Baptist uh, church, in name only, I guess, in, in Dallas, uh, he wrote uh, two books. He was the one who really, 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 really wanted me to be expelled, and he let it be known on his Twitter account just about every day for a couple of years. And uh, he wrote two books. Uh, it's called Beyond Roots parts one and two, and it talks about uh, black people and biblical and Christian history. Uh, the preface of the first book, uh, he writes, it is my desire that these pages inspires others to explore the ethnic factor in scripture, Christian history and contemporary society. And uh, it is interesting to those of us who believe and are curious about the role of the black man in biblical and historical Christianity. Well, you know, again, being fair, I uh, that's all well and good, but, you know, race is a social construct, and uh, we're all one in Christ, so what's the significance of the black man in the Bible, Mr. Black Pastor? And if I'm expelled for saying the same things, why aren't you expelled? Well, we know that there's the double standards. And he wrote uh, another book that explicitly focuses on black people because they are black. Because they are black. This, he says, is because, quote, there can be no authentic black identity unless we reclaim our black families. I don't have a problem with that. But he goes on and on and on about this. Uh, we got to take charge in our community. Everything is race-based, which is fine. It's natural. 
it's natural for us to do it too. That's the point. McKissick uh, has written these books because he wants black people to have a strong racial identity so that they can flourish as a people, presumably so. Uh, but uh, this was all going on at the same time that they were coming down on me so hard. Another example is Dr. Chris Williamson. He's the founder and senior pastor, or at least he was in 2017, uh, which is the time we're focusing on right now, of Strong Tower Bible Church. Now listen to this, folks. He's written articles posted on the Southern Baptist Convention's Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission website. In one article, it's entitled, How the Black Panther Has Inspired Me Since I Was Nine Years Old. And he writes in this that this fictitious comic book hero, everything changed for me once I discovered an African superhero called the Black Panther. I naturally gravitated towards this commanding character who looked like me. For a black boy growing up in the hood, the Black Panther increased my sense of somebodyness before I could fully comprehend why I even needed that boost in, our, in my psychological development. Now, I'll just pause right there and say, at least my heroes were real. Nathan Bedford Forrest was real. I mean, this is a comic book character, but it's all about he's black. He's black. Black Panther was black. Black pride. All of this was going on. My sons need to see African men who were full of royalty, purpose, and courage, and black queens, scientists, and mothers, and warriors. Uh, what? <laughs> it's a comic book. But anyway, this guy believes black pastor at the same time that my church was expelled because I wouldn't you know, urinate on my, you know, <laughs> my father's. Uh, he believes it's good for blacks to have a positive image of themselves, yet he sometimes he simultaneously looks down on, on white history and people who celebrate that white history. Uh, he, he portrays, and folks, you're going to think I'm making stuff up now. You're going to think I'm doing like they do. This black so-called pastor of this black so-called Southern Baptist Church had tweeted at the time, that uh, the founding pioneers of the United States were evil rapist colonizers who stole the land from the innocent, peaceful, God-fearing Indians. Yes, the Indians were Christians before the white men came. I did not know that until this black Southern Baptist pastor told me about it. It's incredible. But both of these men were unapologetically pro-black. They want black people to flourish as a distinct race. SBC saw nothing wrong with that. And frankly, I don't either. I mean, I think they're ridiculous, but that's a, that's, a, that's a side issue. So the double standard and the hypocritical exclusion of whites who love their people, this is a, a cause for repentance, I, I, I think, you know, surely. Uh, the SBC leadership obviously just conforming to the egalitarianism of the post-World War II era just as most people conform to whatever's popular during their day. There's no real leadership here. That's why I'm glad I'll have a chance to talk with somebody like Chuck Baldwin later on in the program tonight so I can, like, cleanse myself from even having to revisit this awful uh, incident. But the fact of the matter is, folks, we were right about everything. I was right about everything then, and I'm still right about everything. You know, the Bellevue Baptist Church, this, this church that I'm talking about, they can't even have fireworks shows anymore. They used to have a, a big fireworks show every 4th of July. Huge thing all of Memphis would come to. And then, you know, the last couple of years, they, they haven't had it in years now. The last couple of years, they started locking the church door. You couldn't even get in to use the bathroom. And I was like, well, that's weird. 
and then uh, they started putting up signs like, you know, you can't bring Confederate flags and so on and so forth. Well, then they stopped having it all together. Well, why did they stop having it all together? Because in all of their outreach, which was focused in the inner city, it started to draw in a lot of inner city type people, and they started shooting. There's a shootout. My family was there. The last time they had one of these fireworks shows, they had a shootout. The blacks were just there shooting at each other. And so now you can't have the fireworks show anymore. But why did I get into all of that? The reason I got into all of that is because Steve Gaines, the pastor of this mega church right around the corner from Chimney Rock Elementary School, he wrote a letter. He wrote a letter to the Memphis media a few years ago lobbying for the removal of the Nathan Bedford Forest Monument. Now, forget honoring your fathers in the Southern Baptist Convention, a denomination whose very founding goes back to the issue of race. And okay, let's just say that you believe that the war between the states doesn't concern you. That's fine. That's fine. You're wrong, but just shut up. Why virtue signal to people who hate you, who hate you and want you and your way of life and everything to do with you destroyed? It is because you are a coward, and there is nothing more repulsive, nothing more repulsive than a weak man. Nothing. But Gaines was quick to write that letter asking for the removal of the Forest Monument. But what about uh, the Satan Club? Now, I haven't heard anything yet from him. Uh, no, because, and here's why, I think there's no social currency that he thinks he can gain from going against the establishment. So it's really not worth his time. It wouldn't cost him anything to say, I'm against the Satan Club coming you know, here and uh, you know, our kids being subjected to that. It wouldn't cost him anything, but it wouldn't gain him anything either. It wouldn't gain him what he craves the most, and that is society's acceptance. That is the old A.W. Tozer quote. Christianity is not lifting society up to its level. It is succumbing to society's level and then congratulating itself because society is smilingly accepting its surrender. And that's why I do get, I think, a little bit of schadenfreude, Watching these churchgoers get all worked up uh, over this on social media, because again, first of all, it's it's just a joke. Uh, nobody's going to go to this meeting. But in the meantime, the absolute destruction of your way of life is taking place, and you're dead silent. You're too scared to make those social media posts. That's the point of this hour. That's the whole point of this whole hour brought to summation. Christians should, dis- should fear the displeasure of God more than the displeasure of a godless society. And uh, we'll talk more about that with Pastor Baldwin as we wrap up this show. You're also going to hear from Sam Bushman as we begin to look ahead, not too quickly, because we want to be present. We want to, as the Psalms instruct us, be still and know. We want to be in this moment at Christmas time. The battles of 2024, whatever is going to come next year, will come in time. Let us be here. Let us enjoy this time of Christmas together. Uh, and there'll be time for looking ahead. But we are going to just give a quick peek behind the curtain as we look ahead with Sam Bushman. Uh, but before we do that, next hour, we're going to have a trio of TPC ladies on to... What are we going to do? We are going to give you a behind-the-scenes look at how the Christmas spirit is manifesting in the hearts and in the homes of some of our regular listeners and guests. The Christmas spirit abounds, and we'll see if we can touch you with it through the radio in this next hour. It's going to be a fun and festive hour. I hope you'll enjoy it. Um, I think you might. Stay tuned.